We're like a wannabe radio show. I mean, obviously. All right, in three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, we want to give a quick shout out to our main sponsor, NC Books. Mr. Fishigan is a children's book, children's graphic novel that is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Target website, Mr. Fishigan. Make sure to search for that in the internet searches. Brandon, what's your opinion on Mr. Fishigan by Nancy Claire Smith? I actually got a pre-production copy of the book, and my personal review of it is it's the best children's book since Oh, The Place You Go by Dr. Seuss. That's quite a, that's quite a statement to be made. Yeah. It is, but you know, it, it had an inspirational storyline that really brought home the narrative at the end. There you go. So uh, would you read this to your future children someday, Brandon? Oh, 100%. 100%. You mean you don't have children already? No, I know what you think. I have uh, not, not had children yet with my four-month wife I've had. <laughs> four, married for four months. Well, you know, it's never too early to get started on your children's first library, even before they're born. That's why you should buy Mr. Fishigan, available at Bards & Noble, Amazon, and Target's website. Again, that is Mr. Fishigan. That's our main sponsor. All right, so do you know the mob? As always, listener discretion is advised, as this may not be suitable for all uh, children and ears. <laughs> and I'm your uh, co-host, Sam the Bad Brad, and right beside me is, as always, Brandon Ellis. Brandon, how you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Excited to learn about some more mobsters um, with a side of death. <laughs> so Brandon, obviously we have to do our top 10 list on you And since we were already talking about children with our sponsor today I thought it'd be just suitable to go with something I want to hear your opinion on this Before you get to children, you obviously have to go through the You have to go through the stage of what's their gender going to be Or oh, I guess it's after you, yeah um, So how do you feel about gender reveals? <laughs> Oh, man, I've seen some pretty great ones as of recently. You know? Any forest fire starters? <laughs> no. I have not seen any of the ones start fires yet. Uh, I've seen some that usually involve some sort of glitter, some sort of color, sometimes a little fun run in there. Well, I wanted to te- to ask you, test your knowledge, what are the top ten items to use for a gender reveal party? Oh, so what are the top ten used items for a gender reveal. And you kind of named some already, but can you name 10 and see if you get it? what's on the list? Top 10 what Americans use for their gender reveal parties. Well, definitely like color paint is one of those. Okay, so color paint. Okay, uh, color paint. Um, sparklers. Okay, sparklers. That's always a good one. Uh, streamers. Mm, okay. Streamers. Uh, are food items part of this? Yes, you could name a yeah. cupcakes. Okay, I feel cupcakes. like a lot have cupcakes involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with ice cream as well because ice cream is pretty tasty. I mean, I who doesn't like some good ice cream? I mean, I got. Till Hopefully, it's a summer gender reveal. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. Oh gosh. Um, so that's five. I named five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Poppers, like those things that pop and like shoot mm. out the confetti. Yes, I like that. Um, You're doing pretty good so far. I'm gonna name fireworks in general just because. I okay, think they're fun. So that's seven. Um, 
Uh, t-shirts. Oh, they always have the t-shirts. Like, it's a mm-hmm. boy or a girl. That was, like, before gender reveals mm-hmm. were a thing, too. That yeah. was. That's a big thing. Uh, fun fact. On the night I got engaged, my mother bought, right. bought Hannah and yeah, I Mr. proposal Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> t-shirts. Good thing she said yes. Yeah. <laughs> very a waste of shirts. <laughs> I take that to goodwill. <laughs> take that to goodwill. <laughs> So, um, how many do I have? I have eight. So you have eight. Can you okay. name two more real quick? Uh, let's just go with champagne. Okay. Yeah, um, sure. Maybe not. Well, for actually, uh, for, for all the guests. For, for all the, the guests. guests. <laughs> <laughs> Some sparkling uh, And cider. we'll go with an old school one, cigars for the males. Oh, okay. Probably yeah. not on there. Not as friendly for the ladies. But no, right. no, no. All right, so you did pretty good. So the top ten most popular gender reveal items. The first one is baby clothes. So okay. I almost want to give that to you. You did T-shirt, but just putting out the baby clothes. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have thought of that one. And then you got this one, sweet treats. I'd say cupcakes. Yeah, we'll give it to you. That. Yeah, yeah. And then there's sonograms. Using the sonogram where you see the the photo of the. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's um, a bubble gum, which I've never seen that before. But. I think it's a bubble gum cigars. You know they have. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a colored sash. A oh. colored sash. Uh, you did say confetti. Confetti was one. Uh, balloons. Oh, well, balloons. come on, Brady. Yeah, the color, <laughs> you know, pink and blue. Yep, yep. Uh, paint. So you did say that. Okay, yeah. And then you also said fireworks. Uh, and then pets. It's been the thing. Like, people put, I know you're not a big pet guy, but people put their, like, dog. Like, oh, he's going to have a brother. Oh. Or, oh, he's, she's going to have a sister. Yeah, that kind of thing. So it's kind of a cheesy compare, American thing to do. Compare but. the dog to a human? It's, it's well, a- you know, sure, yeah. For, you know, in our society, this will not be what you and Hannah do, I'm sure. But it seems like people have the pet first. And then, like, oh, okay, we're... We practice. We're ready for a kid now. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're not uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm ever ready for a kid. <laughs> but, by far. Well, we'll talk. Uh, this, what a transition we're about to make. Our mobster today is Alvin Creepy Carpus. <laughs> so, hide your kids. Hide your wives. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about Alvin Creepy Carpus. Alvin Carpus. Um, creepy was his given nickname. So, Alvin Francis, actually, Carpowitz. So Carpus became just short for his last name. Was not born in America. He was born August tenth, nineteen oh seven. Brandon in Montreal, Quebec. So uh-huh. Canadian fellow. We finally got a Canadian. Got a Canadian. That's right. Outdoor. Everybody thinks the Canadians are better. No, no, no. no. They were nice. <laughs> oh, they've got their fair share of crime too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now his parents were immigrants, as we've seen a lot with the trend of the mobsters so far. We've learned his parents were from Lithuania, mm. and um, when he was. Really young, uh, they actually moved from Canada to Wichita, Kansas. So, and then in Ca- Wichita, Kansas, so again, the, the Midwest started right. Alvin Carpus developed a criminal rap sheet when he was just 10 years old. So, the common trend we see, they get in trouble when they're preteen years already. Mm. So, he surrounded himself growing up with bootleggers, gamblers, and pimps. <laughs> in the year 1926, he was sentenced to 10 years of prison. For attempted burglary, and it was at a Kansas State. He got sent to the Kansas State Refectorium. Refectory. So, uh, like all these good mobsters we've learned about, he figured out how to escape. Him and his buddy escaped, and they uh, <clears throat> they escaped prison from Hutchinson, Kansas. Hutchinson, Kansas. They went on a year long crime spree, 
until his friend, his buddy was named Lawrence Duvall, that's quite a name, mm-hmm. was arrested. So then Carpus moved to Kansas City. Hey, your sister lives out there, right? Uh, she does, yeah. yeah. Kansas City. I, think, I got a cousin that lives out there, too. Um, and he was arrested for stealing a car. Um, I wonder how cars were getting stolen back then. Because aren't like the cars today and then the 90s cars, 80s cars you can hotwire? But is it tougher now today to steal a car, do you know? I would imagine so. I think in the early days, I know... Is it kind of like Crosswire, or would it be different? Because they weren't computers, I guess. I so. don't know. Maybe Crosswire. I know some insurance companies refused to do car insurance for certain cities. So like Tulsa in like the 1920s of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. they would not insure cars because the auto theft rate was so high. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> I assume it was easier to steal a car back <clears throat> in the day. Yeah. Future podcast. Well, there you go. <laughs> so um, he got arrested for stealing a car. He went to prison and met a guy named Fred Baker. Okay, Baker was a member of what's famously called the Bloody Bakers. So we'll have to learn about the Bloody Bakers in a later podcast. But um, once Carpus was released, he traveled to Tulsa, Oklahoma. How do we always end up in your home city? (laughs) It seemed like it's bound to happen. So he met up with his new friend, Baker, Fred Baker. And this is where he started the infamous – they started the infamous Carper-Baker gang. So – Excuse me, the Barkers, Barker, bloody Barkers. So Fred Barker was part of the Barker gang, but he got arrested and he was no longer part of that, so they became the Carpus Barker gang, okay? They were a very dangerous gang known for not hesitating to kill even bystanders. Oh, mm. boy. So this isn't the kind Bonnie and Clyde or John Dillinger that we met, kind in quotations, but, mm. you know, not they're, they're willing to kill whoever. They had robbed banks and they stole from mail deliveries. Uh, this gang also picked up kidnapping. Okay, this is the unique part to them. They once kidnapped a millionaire Minnesota brewer named William Ham and held him for ransom at $100,000. I imagine being a millionaire back then means you're really rich. So Ham, so Ham's brewing. That's so mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Still around today, actually. What do you, do you know what they make? They um, make light beer. Okay. Uh, they're, I think, bigger out in Minnesota. But yeah, yeah. I uh, was reading about them earlier this week, actually. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so he, they held him for $100,000. Um, another time, they took another Minnesota guy. He was a banker named Ed- Edward Bremer and held him for $200,000. So, oh, up in the ante. <laughs> like, oh, we get away with this. Let's try a little more. Alvin Karpus became the brains and leader of the group. He was known for being very smart and having a photographic memory. So that is something to know. Like, if we were talking about any criminals, it would be probably boring. But the reason we talk about these guys is they're pretty, they're pretty smart. They're pretty wise. They're evil geniuses, if you will. <laughs> uh, this kidnapping ended up being a big mistake, okay, when they took Bremer. His dad was a friend of the president of the United States at the time, <laughs> Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, okay? So this – so, you know, they make some phone calls – the flying squad that tracked down the famous mobsters like Dillinger and, you know, Pretty Boy Floyd, they were also after the Carpus Barker gang now. So they got themselves uh, on the big screen. <laughs> they got the every now the country knows about them. Too far ahead. Yeah. So when Carpus was visiting Atlantic City, the FBI paid him a visit. Carpus and Harry Campbell shot their way out. Unfortunately, Carpel's pregnant girlfriend was shot in the process. So that's horrible. It's horrible to hear. Did she die? Um, you know, I don't think it says, but it, I think it terminated the pregnancy. So. <laughs> I think, yeah, I imagine you're yeah. right. So Carpus was on the move as he became the last public enemy. 
Now, Brandon, we've gone over the public enemies. Do you know the four public enemies? I think this would be a good time to tell the audience now um, who have become the the famous mobsters to make that list. Yeah, so let's think. I know the first public enemy was John Dillinger. Mm-hmm. So our first episode, yep. Yeah, yep. one of our first episodes was John Dillinger. Mm-hmm. I think Babyface Nelson was the other one who we recovered. And, mm-hmm. then, and I actually told you wrong. It's more than four. I thought it was just four, but I'm actually seeing uh, six on here. Six okay, on here. which I think we've covered most of them. We've covered Bonnie and Clyde. We've covered Pretty Boy Floyd. Mm-hmm. And then we're coming up on, it looks like, Machine Gun Kelly. Mm. And then, but Alvin Carpus is kind of our fourth guy. Yep, yep, and yep. who was the last one? Was it Mom Barker? Yeah, I think it's one of the Barker games. Oh, so. yeah. She's actually super interesting. You've got to read about her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we don't get to go too much in the detail for her on this episode, but we will later. So looks like six public enemy number ones, I should clarify. Six okay. public enemy and he was one. the last of them. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Okay, very nice. Yep. So <clears throat> Carpus was on the move as the last, yeah, the last public enemy on the list. He pulled off a successful bank robbery in Garrettsville, Ohio, for $27,000, okay? A lot of money back then. That was a lot. I, a lot of money even today. I'd take that. <laughs> so, Carpus was angry, though, because um, he wrote to J. Edgar Hoover they planned to kill him because Hoover had ended some of his fellow gang members' lives. I believe this included the Barker gang including Maul Barker. Oh, okay. So that's why he was really so pissed he, off. he put a hit out on Jager. Hoover. Yeah, I know. Very interesting. <laughs> bold, bold move. <laughs> bold statement. Uh, we'll definitely have to, at the end of all this, do some odd J. Hedger Hoover mm-hmm. and just uh, and, um, Purvis, you know. Those, out, sto- those stories, yeah. how yeah. they what came, the good guys. <laughs> Since we like to highlight the bad guys. So on May 1st, 1936, uh, they heard, the FBI heard Alvin Karpis was in New Orleans. J. Edgar Hoover flew down personally as him and the other officers had Karpis, they flew to New Orleans and they had him surrounded in a vehicle. Supposedly, Hoover had grabbed uh, grabbed him before Karpis could reach for his rifle, okay? When Hoover, so very like, this is very personal one-on-one <laughs> like rivalry. Hoover asked for handcuffs and the story goes none of the men had any because they were expecting to kill the criminal. <laughs> so as we've listened to our podcast so far, Braided, most of these guys, they do end up getting shot and killed. Like sometimes they get to prison or Alcatraz, but sometimes they're so dangerous, they just get shot. Mm-hmm. So the men just didn't even have <laughs> uh, handcuffs. So instead, they used a necktie from one of the men. They took their tie off to arrest him and handcuff him with the tie. Respect. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Very, yeah, this is so like this might as well have happened in Oklahoma. <laughs> so, hey, don't, don't you compare us to New Orleans? <laughs> right. So New Orleans, Alvin Carpus is arrested with the necktie and he's sent to Alcatraz. All right, so one of one of many of our buddies going to Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he enjoyed uh, Scarface, Al Capone, and so forth. Uh, Alvin Carpus was not a model inmate, they said, but he never attempted to escape. He was credited with being on the Rock, as we call Alcatraz, the Rock. The longest of anybody there. So that's kind of quite a record. A little, little yeah. record. Yeah. He died in 1972 at the age of 77. So actually, he lived a long life. Now, yeah. what's more we can learn about Alvin Carpus, Brandon? Mm-hmm. What's Where can we learn more about him? Yeah, so Alvin Carpus actually, towards the end of his life, wrote a book. Um, I wonder if like a journalist like went into Alcatraz and like... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So it's by his life story. It's called The Alvin Carpus Story by Alvin Carpus. Uh, kind of just goes along with his life, tells about his story. 
I have not read it. I'm sure it has particular bias, but it's one of the few <laughs> stories on Alvin Karpus. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's always interesting when you get a mobster that wrote about themselves. That's pretty mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. yeah. You know, a biography, I'm sure, it gives some insight that uh, not everybody shares. So. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, folks. There you have it. Alvin Karpus, Alvin Creepy Karpus. And uh, as always, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Uh, and thank you for listening, as always. Thank you, guys. Bye.